Who's that? It's the real estate deal with Kevin Lawton on 1077 The Bronx. Oh, hi. Come on in. Kevin Lawton, a real estate agent with Coldwell Banker Schiavonian Associates, is ready to help you navigate the real estate market. Whether you're buying, selling, renting, or investing, Kevin's your agent on the airwaves to help. He's your guide to buying and selling homes in the Mercer and Burlington County area. The real estate deal on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten by Brad Zerby and MLS number 161236 at Gateway Mortgage Group. And by Kevin Lawton, real estate agent with Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates. Let's go over to our agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton, with the real estate deal. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Seven seven the Bronc, one oh seven seven the Bronc.com, proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Arconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year, live from the Clarney's Public House Studios at Rhino University. You're listening to The Real Estate Deal. I am your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, servicing both Mercer and Burlington counties. You can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin underscore Lawton. That's L-A-W-T-O-N. And you can email me through the show. Just email realestatedeal at rider.edu. You can also check out any old episodes, any episode ever of the Real Estate Deal on 1077thebronc.com. And go to the Real Estate Deal page and check out the audio archives. You can find this episode after it's aired and also any previous episodes as well um, for you to reference. If you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, rent, be a landlord, invest, um, all those different types of things. We cover tons of tons of real estate topics. um, And we've had a lot of uh, content over the last uh, two years. Two years? Three years? I think it's been two now. So um, definitely check it out and go there and we uh did an encore last week actually um to give you an example of some of the topics that we've covered uh this year or this year this week um we have a brand new episode uh, which i'll be talking to you about today um but first i did want to mention that upcoming um september 26th i will be a part of a first-time homebuyer seminar that's actually sponsored by a Rider University Alumni Board and Alumni Association, uh, which will be really nice. Actually, it'll be at Salt Creek Grill in Princeton. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, it's right off Route 1 um, by uh, Farstall Village, I believe is the name of that little uh, shopping area. Uh, so we'll be there. Um, be discussing first-time homebuyer um, information. Uh, be myself, um, someone from an insurance company, and another agent um, that works out of Pennsylvania as well. So so if you're looking to buy in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, uh, definitely come out. We got you covered. Um, we'll be covering lots of different topics. So you guys might remember that I did do first-time homebuyer seminar at Ryder on the campus uh, previously as well last year, and that was with uh, Mark Silverman, uh, who's a mortgage guy, also Ryder alumni. And it was really a great success. I think uh, we were able to inform a lot of people who were curious about the home buying process and thinking about, you know, jumping into buying their first home. So just a reminder, it will be at Salt Creek Grill. Uh, it'll be at 6 p.m. 
on September 26th. And as far as I know, there will be food. Um, and I definitely should have some more information in the next uh, week or two. And definitely post that on um, my Facebook and the Real Estate Deal Facebook. My Facebook is facebook.com slash CBSA. Uh, real estate deal Facebook just search for the real estate deal and you will find it um, what I will be covering specifically is something that I talk about often on the show uh, which is when you buy your first home to think about your second home when you're doing that right in other words you want to buy something that you're going to get some additional value out of um, that'll help you make that jump to your second home and I'll cover that topic and uh, talk about a few other things um, generally about home buying, especially first time home buying. And, um, you know, get into a little more detail about how you can go about doing that and what that actually means. What are the benefits, positives, um, also, you know, negatives too, as well, because there are negatives, of course. So, you know, it'd be a very interesting topic. If you want an idea about the topic, I think you can check out. I think it's episode one or two that I actually really talked about that. Um, and I will say that if you listen to episode one now, um, you can probably tell how like nervous I was to be on the radio compared to now. So don't judge me by that. Just come to the home buyer seminar and uh, you can check it out. Uh, other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to give a shout out to listener Kelsey, who actually wrote in um, to the show and she has some questions about uh, her and her family's home search. Um, so Kelsey, thank you for that. And I um, definitely will be letting you know. Um, and as I look into your question, uh, we'll cover that a little bit possibly on next week's show too. Um, so just a reminder, if you guys have any questions about real estate, uh, any questions about the topics we discuss on the show, um, anything that comes to mind, any comments uh, you want to make about the show, whether they're positive or negative, go ahead. Um, just email us realestatedeal at rider.edu. Uh, be happy to talk to you personally about them and also address them on the show if you would like that. Obviously, we've done a lot of a lot of topics. We've covered a lot of information. Um, so we'd be happy to definitely cover some information that, uh, that you guys and listeners are uh, interested in hearing about and may be curious about when it comes to real estate. Uh, so last week we had the Encore episode and the week prior to that, uh, we talked about foreclosures uh, in Trenton and Atlantic City. So overall, across the country, foreclosures have been down, right? So they've been going down, uh, but there are still pockets of the country where foreclosures are still going up. And one of those, actually, the uh, number one and number three in the 10 highest in the country is Trenton and Atlantic City, respectively. So... So we talked about that and we talked about what that really means, but we also talked about how there can be a positive spin from that and opportunities for investment. And one thing I wanted to bring up with that as well, um, that I just found out this past week, got a notification that, and I've talked about these before, I think, but um, so Trenton itself, the city holds a lot of um, real estate in terms of like vacant, vacant buildings, vacant lots um, that they've taken possession of. And I think they're, I've mentioned, I think a couple weeks ago, they're, they're reworking the process on how to, how buyers, investors can obtain those properties. Um, I think the new mayor is working on a new program to deal with that. And they're 
is a map. I'm not sure if it's still up to date, um, but there is a map that'll point out all the different ones um, throughout the city. And I'm not sure, like I said, I'm not sure how up to date that is at this point. That came out like I think two years ago. Um, but they are having a property auction on September 16th. Um, and they're gonna be auctioning off properties that the city owns. Um, so there's definitely an opportunity there, I think, to um, pick up some properties that need some need some love, definitely, because they're definitely vacant properties, um, but also, you know, potential investment opportunities as well. So I'll take a look at that a little further and post some more information on my Facebook about that uh, at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. I would be there myself, but I'll actually be away that day. I'll be out of town. So unfortunately, I can't attend. But uh, I think that, you know, these are good things. You know, a city itself in general, vacant properties, um, whether it's city, suburbs, anywhere, you know, they're not good for the livelihood of that neighborhood or that town, um, city, whatever the case may be. Um, so being able to, you know, the fact that the city will take them over and then try to turn them over and have somebody uh, purchase them that's going to do something with them is definitely a good thing. And, you know, trying, you know, could probably be a little more proactive in that effort. Um, but the fact that they're doing something at all um, is definitely a good thing. So, so check it out. Um, you know, if you're interested, you know, I'm sure there's going to be properties that go for, you know, pretty pretty cheap, um, which is, you know, definitely an opportunity for somebody that's looking to possibly get into um, some type of investment. And, you know, the type of investment in Trenton at this point, I think is, this is personal opinion, but I think, um, you know, it's definitely uh, for rental, not, uh, not any kind of flip or anything like that. Or, you know, if you're looking to start a business, there's commercial properties too that they auction off as well. So, you know, maybe there's a storefront or something in there. Um, that you might be able to start your business in. And there's all kinds of like incentives and credits that they have in certain areas of the city right now uh, that you could take advantage of. So definitely check that out if you're thinking about that. And, you know, I think there could be opportunity there. So other things we talked about in the last uh, the last new episode, which is two weeks ago, uh, was we talked about consumer confidence and how consumer confidence has boosted for real estate and both the buying and selling side um, and it hit a record-breaking uh, level, right? So a lot of things that are driving that job stability, household incomes, one that we're actually going to talk a little more in depth about today um, are mortgage rates as well. Um, that has consumer confidence up certainly on the buyer side um, because interest rate is so low, um, but we'll talk about that in the next segment. Uh, the other thing we had talked about were closing delays. Um, so a lot of different things that can delay your closing, but things that you can prepare yourself for both on the seller and buyer side. And I will say, you know, majority of the time buyer and seller both want to get to closing. They want to get it done. Um, sometimes maybe the seller tries to delay um, for whatever reason it may be, but um, and buyer too, possibly. Um, but it's very important that you're diligent and do um, the groundwork ahead of time to make sure that when that closing starts to come up, you aren't delayed uh, because it can be it can be a mess and it can get contentious um, between the two parties. 
Uh, so we're going to take our first break of the day. We're going to hear from our underwriters, Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group and Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates. And then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no place like home. Toto, we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton and the real estate deal. thebronc.com proudly nominated for a national association of broadcasters 2019 marconi award for best college radio station of the year we're live from the colonies public house studios at Ryder university and welcome back to the real estate deal i'm your host and agent on the airwaves kevin lawton of coldwell banker shiavoni and associates located in yardville new jersey servicing both Mercer and Burlington counties. As a reminder, you can follow along with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. There I will also post uh, links to some articles about uh, today's topics to give you a little more information. Uh, you can also connect with me through email. Just email the show, realestatedeal at rider.edu. That's realestatedeal at rider.edu. Uh, let me know what you think about today's show, uh, previous shows, the show in general, or if you have any questions or thoughts on real estate yourself. Uh, I'd be happy to hear your thoughts and then obviously be happy to uh, answer your questions as well. Uh, so I mentioned in the end of the last segment, talking about consumer confidence and how one of the driving uh, factors of that has been mortgage rates. And I talked about this a couple times this year on the show, um, but it continues to be a fact is that uh, mortgage rates continue to uh, be very low and uh, they continue to get lower as well um, on average across the country uh, for standard 30-year mortgage uh, you're looking at an average of 3.6 percent interest which is fantastic you know when I had gotten my house I think it was 3.7 uh, which was really low at the time. And now it's even lower than that at 3.6. So um, it's pretty, pretty awesome. And for buyers and like first time home buyers, we're talking about the first time home buyer seminar, but you know, for buyers, a lower interest rate is great. I mean, if you were thinking about buying and you know, one of the things was the affordability um, and you were not far off, this like lower interest rate should really give you that push to get to where you need to be within your budget because 3.6 your monthly payments are going to be i want to say low or super low because it's all relative to what you're thinking of low is but they're going to be much lower uh, because you're going to be paying much less interest and over time the life of that mortgage if you go the whole 30 years with that to pay it off you're going to pay a lot less in interest um, than you would if the interest rate was, you know, back at 5% or something like that, it's going to save you, save you a ton of money, um, over time and over the life of that mortgage. So really, really important to, you know, think about taking advantage of that from a home buying standpoint. Um, and at this point, you know, there's predictions as well, um, that the fed will actually cut rates again, um, possibly twice before the end of the year. And when they cut rates, you know, it does not directly lower mortgage rates, but it can definitely influence. And over history, um, it has influenced mortgage rates. And when it gets cut, they, they tend to go lower. 
Um, so, you know, and vice versa. Uh, I think it was last year or maybe the year before, um, the Fed actually raised rates and mortgage rates went up a little bit as well. So, you know, there's definitely a direct correlation, um, but there's not a dir- like a direct effect. Like the Fed's cut rates, that doesn't mean they're cutting mortgage rates. They're just cutting rates. So mortgage rates are influenced them for sure. But, you know, it's something to look out for, something to think about. You know, with that being said, the thing is that, you know, mortgage rates are so low, which is awesome for buyers. But the challenges that we're facing now um, in the market is that there's a lack of moderately priced homes. And this is something we've been talking about um, from different directions, talking about, you know, how home starts and new construction is too slow, not keeping up with demand and all these different things. Um, and prices are a little too high. Um, but this is one of the things that we're running into with the real estate market is that moderately priced homes, there's just not enough of them. So the issue is that, you know, you're looking at, you know, these moderately priced homes are just not there, not available for buyers. So the first time home buyers are having a harder time because, you know, they're obviously the ones that are looking for moderately priced, lower priced homes. Because uh, typically the average first time home buyer is, you know, just getting started in their career or just a couple years into their career and their income is not at its uh, peak level yet, I guess would be the right way to put it. So, um, so they're just looking to, you know, get their first home and, you know, typically uh, in this area, what that means is that I see first time home buyers. Typically ranging from, you know, 150 to maybe 300 on the high side. Um, So you're looking at homes that are priced in that window um, to really think about moderately priced homes uh, in our area and moderately priced homes for first time homebuyers. But what we're seeing is that, you know, there is a lack of them. And, you know, we always talk about good inventory versus bad inventory. And I think, you know, one thing we run into, especially here, uh, from personal experience is that, you know, homes here are tend to be older because, you know, we've been around longer in this area, I guess, than opposed to like West Coast. Um, you know, we settled here sooner um, in history, but meaning that a lot of the homes are older. And what's happened is that a lot of the homes have not uh, either been updated or are modern. And what happens is that you know, they get overlooked by regular buyers because, you know, the typical regular buyer is not interested in necessarily doing like a full, full renovation. You know, maybe they're up for like a little, little work here and there, but a lot of them are not. So looking at those homes, it's not, you can't say that they're necessarily um, adding to the moderately priced homes that should be on the market. And if you look at that from an investor standpoint, uh, I think that's that's an opportunity. Um, that's personal opinion, definitely. Um, but I do think that's opportunity. Um, like I've said on the show before, you know, there's this like spot in the market I think that's not fully filled for like these first-time homebuyers. And part of the reason is because these homes are older, they're dated, um, they're not updated. There's no new construction like in this price range really in our area, definitely. Um, at least not that I know of yet. And, you know, there's the opportunity to buy these older homes that were built, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, 
um, bring them up to date and then sell them to this um, buyer market of first time home buyers, buyers looking at moderately priced homes. Um, so there's definitely opportunity there. And I will say, you know, in our area, especially um, these homes are starting to turn over more as, you know, baby boomers move out, um, downsize or, you know, unfortunately pass away or anything like that. So um, as the homes become turning over, then there's opportunity to do that um, and, you know, essentially flip them. Or even if you're a buyer yourself, put in the work, sweat equity um, to make it what you want. The other thing to look at um, an opportunity here is for people that are already homeowners, the potential to refinance. Um, so there's actually uh, this article I'll post on my Facebook. So, you know, you can get all the numbers and everything on facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. Um, but basically there's millions of homeowners out there um, that could absolutely save money um, by refinancing right now um, just to take advantage of this low interest rate. Um, you know, like I said, when I got my house, that was six years ago as of this June and mortgage rate, it was like 3.7, I think. I want to say it was 3.72 or five or something like that, but um, 3.7 and that was low and it's only gone up since right? My rate didn't go up, but meaning rates itself went up. So, you know, in those last six years, if you bought a home, most likely that your interest rate is higher than 3.6. So if you're to refinance at a lower interest rate, your payments are going to go down. Um, so that you're in saying that in this article that if you have a credit score of 720 or higher, and you have at least 20% equity, you could save up to $270 a month on your payment. And that's, that's huge if you think about that over time, right? I mean, we're looking at, you know, a couple thousand dollars a year that you're going to save. And on top of that, remember the interest is not, interest is not getting you more equity in your home. So you want to pay as little interest as possible because interest you're paying basically for nothing, right? The interest is not going to have you help you have more ownership in your home, right? The, the principal is what it, is so you want to pay as little interest as possible principal you know pay principal all day because principal eventually is your home that's what you're going to own over time whether you you go the whole 30 years making all the payments or you up your principal payments and get the home sooner take over 100 percent equity sooner um but interest you want to get down uh, to as little as possible that's why it's so so important that you need to take advantage of a lower mortgage rate when it's out there and available. And that's why it's such like an opportunity. Definitely something to think about um, and something to act on, I think. Um, I wouldn't wait to see if they're gonna go any lower. Um, I would highly doubt that they go lower than 3%. That would be crazy, I think. Um, so you're not gonna see much of a difference, I don't think. so. So if you're going to do something, I would do it, look at doing it now. Um, and if you have any questions on, you know, who to contact about a mortgage or anything like that, reach out to me, real estate deal at rider.edu. Uh, we're going to jump into our second break of the day here from our underwriters, Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group and Coldwell Banker, Shiavoni and Associates. Then we'll be back with more real estate deal only on 107.7 The Bronx and 107.7 TheBronc.com. There's no place like home. Total, we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton and the real estate deal. 
1077 the Bronx, 1077thebronc.com, proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. We are live from the Colony's Public House Studios at Rider University, and welcome back to The Real Estate Deal. I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone & Associates, located in Yardville, New Jersey, servicing both Mercer and Burlington Counties. Remember that you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Law and CBSA. I'll post more information about topics from today's show there. Um, you can also check out other posts from previous shows and uh, information about real estate in general. You can also email me at realestatedeal at rider.edu with any questions or thoughts about the show or real estate in general. Happy to hear from you. Uh, so we're just talking about lower mortgage rates um, how they keep going down definitely absolutely take advantage if you can you know i myself uh, might be looking at you know taking advantage in terms of uh, using lower interest rate towards getting some type of investment property um, but if that materializes and happens um, then i will definitely uh, talk all about the process of that uh, on the show for you guys as well um, so I also wanted to talk today about, I saw an interesting article about uh, design mistakes that um, make rooms look smaller than they are. Uh, and this I thought is pretty important because buyers are always looking for space, more space, right? And you know, when you're selling your home, you want to make your house look and feel comfortable for potential buyers so you want to make sure that you know your house looks you're maximizing the space as much as you can and that buyers are able to see that and able to feel like the rooms are more open um not too tight not closed in and you know there's a couple couple tips that this article had about it um which i think are really um really easy to follow um which is why i wanted to share them um, a lot of times, you know, some of these articles have tips that are like little involved and a little crazy and can take quite some time. Um, but these were definitely something that's doable um, and something that you can do like over a weekend, easy. So first one was overcrowded shelves. This is actually something that I can't say, can't say that I've ever thought about, um, but it makes total sense when I hear it. So you know, when you look at, when you come into a room and you see set of shelves that are there, whether they're like, you know, have serving like a utilitarian purpose in terms of like storage of useful items, or if it's like a shelving system that's uh, displaying photos or displaying artifacts or whatever the case may be, like little uh, trinkets whatever you want to call those different types of things um having them shelves overcrowded is you know something that definitely can give you like an overwhelming feeling and i think from a like a utilitarian standpoint like i was saying like say you you walk into a kitchen and there's just uh, a set of open shelves and it's all stacked with pots pans all different types of things that seem to be all in like disarray from a buyer standpoint think about it i want you to think you know i want you to think about and uh, from a buyer's mindset when you walk into that room 
one of the first things you're going to think is, oh, there must not be enough storage in the kitchen, right? In the cabinets. And maybe, maybe that's the case. Um, but you don't want that to be like a message that you're conveying. Um, because in probably, you know, the case is actually that the storage that you have is just not organized properly, or you just have too much stuff that you don't use, just too much excess. So really something to look at there. Um, and then decorative wise from like a decorative shelving set with, you know, little statues or whatever the case may be, you know, if that's like overcrowded and you have a bunch of items on there that seem like, why is this item with this item or all these types of things um, can also lead to that same type of feeling of like overcrowding and it can make the room feel a little more closed in because there's just so much stuff in there. Um, so, so an article actually mentions uh, something from uh, a quote from Marie Kondo, um, which you guys, if you guys aren't familiar, she's like the uh, neat organization um, guru, I guess, or professional. Uh, she's got like some Netflix series. I watched a little bit. I was pretty interesting about how she like goes in and helps people um, get more organized and like reduce the excess in their life. Um, it's pretty interesting. Um, I haven't watched the entire thing, um, but I would check it out um, just to see like her different methods. It's uh, pretty like fascinating. She's like, I guess, made her whole life around this whole organization thing. But uh, the quote is that beautiful, interesting, or out, um, which I thought is pretty pretty interesting. So when you look at your you look at your shelf that has like your decorative items, you know, maybe you have like family heirlooms on there. Um, you, you have some type of little uh, sculptures or plates or maybe you collect spoons or anything like that. If you take those things, you look at them all and, you know, you ask yourself, you know, is this is this beautiful or interesting? If not, then I'm going to take it out. Um, I think that's, you know, can be, can be a challenge. I think definitely probably for some people, but, um, it makes sense. And then you take those things that are left and you arrange them in a way, um, that makes sense. So put things, you know, that look like they go together together. Um, and then, you know, not only does that make it look like, you know, do you get to showcase these beautiful and interesting things? Uh, individually but then like as a whole the shelf itself looks more beautiful more interesting and can become like a potential focal point in the room um, so that's overcrowded shelves and then another thing which I think is like huge huge and I can definitely say that I've been in a lot of houses um, where this has been an issue uh, is furniture placement so furniture placement talking about you know how is the furniture placed in the room, how is the furniture arranged in the room? And when you're looking at a house from a buyer standpoint, um, and what you want to do as a seller is you want to have that furniture arranged in a way that makes the buyer feel like, like they want to come in and they want to, they want to sit on that furniture and they want to use that furniture. They feel comfortable in there. Right? So, so you want to arrange your furniture in a way that makes sense for the way that people would have conversations, right? So so how would you put an armchair with a sofa 
um, so that people, you know, would naturally sit there and talk to each other. Um, you know, you wouldn't have one pushed like up against the wall uh, or have like a chair that the back is facing the sofa or something, because how would you have a conversation with that person, right? So you want to make it like that. And you definitely want to make sure that you don't have too much furniture in the room. That's something I would say that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've seen um, in all the houses I've been in that can be um, a detriment to the size of a room is having this like extra piece of furniture that's not necessarily needed there. Maybe at some point in you know the seller's life, that extra piece of furniture served a purpose, but from a selling standpoint, you wanna take out that excess and open up the room more. I know like, I remember this one house had, um, and I'm thinking about it, had like this extra chair, it's like a chase lounge, um, like blocking the fireplace. And it was like, it was kind of just odd the way it was placed there. And, you know, you kind of wonder like, you know, does anybody actually ever, ever sit here? And, or is it just like this extra piece of furniture they had, they needed a place to put it, so they stuck it there. Um, and it definitely took away from the space of the room as well. So, so furniture placement, huge thing. Um, next thing is artwork hung too high. Um, and this actually made me laugh a little bit because uh, this is uh, something that was focused on. Um, and if you went to Ryder um, and you know uh, Professor Nar, he's an art teacher. Uh, I took a class with him when I was here um, called Gallery Management, and we actually hung all the artwork in the um, Ryder Art Gallery. Uh, but we learned that its uh, artwork should be hung 57 inches. The center of the piece should be 57 inches to the floor, and that's like the ideal eye level um, place for it to be. Um, you can Obviously, in your home, you can play with that a little bit. You don't want it to be too high. So you want to look at it and say, like, am I going to be – is it most likely that somebody will be standing and will see this art or will they be sitting and see this art? So standing, maybe, you know, if you have art like in your foyer, um, sitting, if you have some art in your living room or something like that, but you want it to be at eye level. You don't want it to be too high. Um, and I will say it makes, it does make a difference because it can make it feel like the ceiling um, is lower than it actually is, which makes the room feel smaller. Um, and I've seen artwork that's hung too high and it definitely, um, it throws you off a little bit. Uh, maybe that's because I took that class. Uh, I don't know, but it definitely, uh, can trick your eye a little bit. So, um, those are the three things. There's one more thing, uh, but we're out of time for this segment. So I'll touch on it briefly in the next segment. Uh, we're going to jump into a break real quick. We're going to hear from Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group and Coldwell Banker, Shiavoni and Associates, and then back with more real estate deal only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. There's no place like home. Total, we're home. So click your heels three times because we're back to learn how to buy one with our agent on the airways, Kevin Lawton, and the real estate deal. 1077 The Bronx, 1077thebronc.com. Proudly nominated for a National Association of Broadcasters 2019 Marconi Award for Best College Radio Station of the Year. Um, live from the Killarney's Public House Studios at Ryan University. Welcome back to the Real Estate Deal. 
I'm your host and agent on the airwaves, Kevin Lawton of Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates, located in Yard Building, Jersey, servicing both Mercer and Burlington counties. As a reminder, you can connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kevin Lawton CBSA. Uh, I'll post links to the articles I referenced uh, today. Also, some more information about real estate can be found there as well. You can also check out the Real Estate Deals Facebook. Uh, just search for the Real Estate Deal um, and stay up to date on when uh, we are encoring episodes and uh, we reference uh, older episodes as well. And you can always check out any episode at any time on 1077thebronc.com. Just go to the Real Estate Deals page and head to the audio archives. Uh, so we we're just talking about four design mistakes that can make rooms look smaller. Um, so what we had talked about was overcrowded shelves, uh, the furniture placement, and artwork being hung too high. Um, there was a fourth one, didn't have time to get to it, so let's go through it real quick here. Um, the fourth one is too many focal points in a room. Um, so we actually talked about um, you know overcrowded uh, shelves being potential focal point, and of course artwork could be a focal point as well. Um, but what you don't want is to have multiple focal points in the same room um, because it can overwhelm the room and overpower the room definitely. Um, so when we talk about focal points, you want to have one central focal point. One that is, you know, a pretty standard is fireplace definitely. So if you want to have a fireplace, like I just mentioned about that chase lounge that was just like oddly placed in front of a fireplace. Um, it definitely threw off from the focal point of the room being the fireplace, which the fireplace was actually, it was not just like some small fireplace. It was like fireplace with full wall of uh, stone and everything. So it kind of threw off your eye uh, when you saw it because this house in particular, you would walk in the foyer and then to the left was the this living room um, with the big wide opening. Uh, and straight away you would see um, that fireplace, which would be the focal point, but it was thrown off by this extra piece of furniture. So, so you don't want to have too many focal points. So you don't want to have, you know, a fireplace and then on one wall and then the next wall you have this huge art piece as well. Um, not only can it like throw off the eye and the feeling of the room, but uh, it becomes difficult to design around that as well because you want to make sure that you're like arranging your furniture and different things in a way that they're highlighting the focal point. Um, I know that you don't want them, you don't want them to overwhelm the focal point and then the focal point kind of gets lost in that. So you want to make sure that you're putting it all together, um, all four things into like one, one package, um, which we you know would ideally have your furniture placement around that focal point in a way that highlights the focal point, but then also has placement that people feel invited into the space and like they want to either sit down in there and enjoy the space, um, whether it's by themselves or then be able comfortable enough that people will be able to um, sit down and have conversations with others as well. And one thing actually, um, if you're curious about how the furniture should be arranged for people to start conversations then and you're not sure then i would say try your best furniture placement have a a party or like a dinner or something invite people over and see how people move the furniture 
in order to talk to each other. And then that would give you an idea of like what the best way um, to place them for conversation would be. Um, so those are the uh, design mistakes that uh, can make the room look smaller and closed off more. Um, so definitely tips that you should take um, to look at your spaces as you're getting ready to sell your home uh, and list your home. And it's definitely something that I think can make a, a big difference. And is like I said, it's minimal effort. You know, it's dealing with things you already have, um, just a little bit of movement here and there, and can make a huge difference, can make the rooms look bigger, more open, um, and just feel have buyers feel more comfortable there as well. Uh, so last thing I wanted to talk about today, uh, I thought was uh, fitting because it's been so hot this past week, like crazy, um, was that uh, Energy Star and, and Department of Energy came out with this information about uh, what the optimal setting for your air conditioner should be. Um, and this is from like a, what they say is from a cooling and a conservative or energy conservation standpoint as well. Um, so I can't say that I necessarily agree because it seems very hot to keep the air conditioning at. But um, so they're saying that the house itself, um, like during normal hours, when you're, when people are in the house, you should have your AC set at 78. When you're not at home, you should boost it to 85. And when you're sleeping, you should put it to 82. I will say myself, uh, when I nobody's at home, when we go away, um, I crank it up to like 78, 80, definitely. Um, when we're home, it's like anywhere from 71 to 73, maybe 74. Um, so 78 is like, I don't know. It's hard to imagine it being cool enough. Uh, I'll be honest, but you know, this is what they're saying. Um, but the plus from that is that, uh, what the department of energy says is that if you follow these, uh, temperatures, then you can save about 3% on your energy bill overall, um, which is definitely interesting and definitely enticing of course. Um, but the other interesting thing that they said, uh, which I never, really thought about was that so say you do go away and you crank up your thermostat to like 80 like like i do like i said and then you come home they said that you shouldn't crank it down all the way to like like way down right from 80 uh like you should go down one one at a time and that'll help to reduce energy because now it's working your uh air conditioning unit is working less uh incrementally instead of like trying to like ramp up power like real quick and get down and work extra hard uh, which definitely makes sense definitely i think it takes a little bit of um discipline probably and a little bit of getting used to uh, but it all depends on your house too um, and how your house uh, holds cool air and how it's insulated as well uh, i know my house one issue i have is that there's not much outdoor shade so like when the sun is when the sun is beating down it's beating down on the house um and it definitely makes the house hotter i would say but you know one thing too that i have that benefits me is the house is you know 100 percent brick um, which brick is uh more insulating than you know standard um uh, wood house so you know there is that um but i thought it was pretty interesting i'm curious to hear you know what 
you keep your thermostat at. So let me know, uh, real estate deal at rider.edu. Uh, and I'm curious, you know, what kind of, if you've ever like played around with the different temperatures, you know, and you see some kind of benefit uh, on your energy bill, I'd love to hear that too. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about too, since we're on the topic of air conditioners, is to make sure that you're changing your filters um, in your air conditioners. Uh, I was just in my dad's attic uh, this past week is changing his filter um, because he was having some issues and when we pulled the filter out, it was uh, very dirty. Um, so that can definitely reduce the amount of airflow that goes through the system, goes into your ducts. Um, and you don't want that to happen because as you're reducing airflow, um, then you're trying to overcompensate for that reduced airflow by lowering it more and then you're running your air conditioner more and more so you're consuming more energy um but as you know changing the filters is is simple pull the filter out put a new one in filters are are cheap i think a couple bucks um and also definitely helps to uh keep your air quality um that you're pumping into the house cleaner as well and reduce the amount of dust uh one sign that you can definitely tell if you need to change your filters is that you start to see some like gray, um, looks like dust around your vents. That's definitely something that indicates that you need to change your filters um, like right away. Uh, another thing to think about too, um, that can help you save energy and um, keep your house cool uh, is having multiple zones and then smart thermostats as well. Um, I know that uh, there are thermostats now too, as well that you can place a, a sensor in specific room um, say the room that you're sleeping in so that, you know, it'll work to get it to that temperature in that room. Uh, whereas maybe your main thermostat might not be optimally placed, um, to get the best use of the air conditioner, but that can definitely help you as well. Um, so definitely interested to hear, you know, where you keep your thermostat at. Um, and we'll see if anybody uh, has some interesting stories about that. Just email real estate deal at rider.edu. Uh, and you can email that as well for any questions or comments. That's real estate deal at rider.edu. Um, this is it for this week's show. Uh, we will be back next Sunday, of course, uh, with a new show as well. Um, so thanks for tuning in and have a great week. Um, thank you to our underwriters, Coldwell Banker, Schiavone and Associates, and Brad Zerby of Gateway Mortgage Group. This has been the real estate deal. Only on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. That was this week's edition of The Real Estate Deal with Kevin Lawton on 1077 The Bronx. Your agent on the airwaves may be done for now, but you can catch this show and more on 1077thebronc.com under the Real Estate Deal tab. Kevin is on every Sunday at 10 a.m. talking about everything you need to know about the real estate market. The Real Estate Deal is underwritten by Brad Zerby and MLS number 161236 at Gateway Mortgage Group. Mortgage Plus technology makes your path to happiness of owning a home easy. And by Kevin Lawton, real estate agent with Coldwell Banker, Schiavone, and Associates. If you had a question about buying, selling, renting, or investing in a home, you can like Kevin Lawton on Facebook and follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Kevin underscore Lawton. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Real Estate Deal, only on 1077 The Bronx. <laughs>